This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. We're going to get into the Word together, and we're going to, I'm going to preach to you a message that I never dreamed I would preach a message uh, about, and uh, I want to talk to you about the flavors of faith, okay? I want to talk to you about spices in the Bible. If you had told me I was going to be preaching a message about spices in the Bible, I would have told you that you had greatly missed God. But God began to speak to my heart this week, and I'm excited about that. So we're going to prepare for that, and you can find the book of Mark uh, in your Bible, the book of Mark, chapter number 9. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your word, and I pray that you will speak to us clearly today. Lord, you've already been talking to each of the services prior to this. Now for those here and those watching, I thank you, Lord, that you have a clear message today of what you want to happen in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. All right, I want to bring you this message, the flavor of faith. Mark chapter 9, verse number 50 reads like this. Notice this, salt... Are you ready? What? Salt is good. Can I get an amen for that? Last service I said salt is good, and there were a couple of husbands who looked to their wives and like, see, I told you so. Come on now. But salt is good for seasoning, okay? Salt is good. But if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? That's a question we're going to try to answer today. You must have the qualities of salt among yourselves and live in peace with each other. Now, I thought it was interesting that God began to deal with my heart about a sermon on uh, flavor when we're in the, the middle of or the end of or wherever we're at in a series on, and watch this very carefully, in a series on taste right now because what's happening, we're in a pandemic that is affecting people's ability to what? Taste. I was like, Lord, you really want me to preach a message on taste in the middle of a time that people have lost their sense of taste? What happens when it loses its flavor? I said, okay. I sat recently at a meal with a couple of people who were discussing the lack of joy in eating and my heart broke for them knowing we had just come through Thanksgiving and Christmas and they were discussing how they had no sense of taste since July. Let's just have a word of prayer for them now. Listen, one of them made this comment. They said, listen to this, they said, Use as much salt as possible. The more, the better. Now normally I would have challenged this because of the negative health effects, but I found myself listening to their complaint and actually a little bit shocked because I knew that God was already speaking to me about a message concerning, a sermon series concerning uh, salt. You see, here's what I think you need to understand. I truly believe that many that are listening to me now have lost 
the flavor of faith. You have lost the flavor of your faith. You find yourselves longing for fresh spices to flavor your spiritual experience and it will cause you to search high and low for different kinds of taste. It will cause you to look for things when the reality is you don't have to look out in the world for what you need. What you need to do is find it in Christ. But here's the problem. We have grown tired of the microwave-like Christianity. Can I just, don't make me amen myself. Let me say it again. We have grown tired of the microwave-like Christianity. We are hungry for an explosion of fresh faith to flavor our spiritual experience. Now in our text today for this series, we can see how you're supposed to deal when the flavor is gone. What you're supposed to bring into your life that will add the flavor back to the salt. That will add the flavor back to your faith. Now when we look at this passage, we read it like this. Salt is good for, is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, and most of us leave it there, we say if it has no flavor, then you throw it out. But if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? Now, I think this is so important that if you find yourself in a place to where your faith is no longer flourishing, how do you grow again? Do you know what I feel right now? When I travel, I, I many times when I'm traveling, I feel the, the, the evangelistic anointing to win souls. But right now, I feel a pastoral uh, presence. I feel a, an anointing that somebody needs to get what I've come to tell you today, that you need to understand that God wants you to grow and flourish in your faith. So what happens when you find yourself not flourishing? When there's no longer any flavor to church? When the songs, I don't know why God brought this illustration to my mind, but it tastes like old cardboard pizza. You know, several years ago, one of the local uh, popular uh, pizza chains changed their recipe. No big deal. Change your recipe if you want. I ordered one, took one bite of it, thought I didn't know if I had bit the box or the pizza. On the top of the box, it said, how did we do? Let us know. So I thought, well, I'll let you know. So I made a phone call. Called them up. They said, how do we do? I said, let me explain something to you. Go back to what made you successful. They said, thank you, sir. That's some of the only uh, criticism we've received, but thank you very much. We'll, we'll definitely keep this in mind. A day later, my phone rings. Sir, we're very concerned with your, with your lack of enjoyment of our new pizza. I said, well, thanks for calling back. What can we do, sir? Put it back the way it used to be. They said, sir, we spent millions of dollars making the change to our pizza, and you know, we'll get it there really, really quickly, like in 30 minutes. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm like, it doesn't change the fact it tastes like cardboard now. Sir, we're sorry we can't please you. Hey, look, you just ask. I told you. They call me again. I said, 
have you changed the, the recipe? They said, no. I said, well, why are you calling? They said, well, sir, this is, you know, finally I, that conversation, they call me a third time. I said, why do you keep calling me? You asked the question. I answered the question. You're not willing to make a change. I'm going somewhere else. They said, sir, please tell us what we can do. I said, I will tell you what you can do one more time if you tell me why you keep calling. They said, well, it turns out you're the largest customer we have in the whole community. I said, excuse me? They said, yeah, you buy like 1,100 pizzas a year from us. I said, 1,100? Oh, the church, the school, the youth group. Oh, yes. Change it back. <laughs> Come on, man. Make, let's go. I don't even know how I got there. Oh, your, the worship songs have become old to you. They've changed the flavor somehow. If you're wondering what's wrong, what recipe did they change? And the reality is no recipe has changed. But the truth is that something has happened in our lives that has caused us to lose the flavor of our faith walk. Here's what the Scripture says you must have to regain the flavor. Two things it says in that verse. Look back at that verse one more time. I think this is important. It says, ask the question, but if it loses its flavor, how do you regain it? Question, we automatically just end there, but it gives you the answer. You must have the what? Qualities of salt among yourselves, and you live in peace with each other. Can I tell you really quickly, if you don't have the qualities of salt in your life, and you are not walking in unity with each other, then you've lost your flavor. Now, it's not as simple as it sounds. You see, if you're living without the qualities of salt, you feel disconnected and you feel forgotten among a community of believers. But the reality is many of them are feeling the exact same way. But neither party is realizing that the most important ingredient that we need is each other. So over the next few weeks, we're going on a journey through the flavors. I can't believe I'm saying this, through the flavors and spices of Scripture. That will return the flavor of faith to our lives. Now, we have a new family in our church, and they're, they've only lived here for uh, about two and a half months now, uh, fresh in from uh, South Africa. And this was their comment to me. They said, they said Pastor, we, we were, I said, how are things? They said, well, things are okay. And I said, well, I guess you're homesick at Christmas. They said, well, rather. They said, you know, all we've ever seen are these movies of Christmas in North America, and it's always snow everywhere. I said, welcome to Georgia. <laughs> it snowed Christmas morning, and I said, God, you love that family so much. But because of that, it created sheets of ice on our driveways, created sheets of ice on our stepways. It created, if you don't have a covered landing, it created icy spots upon the landings of our homes. And, and if family were coming over for Christmas, we need to figure out how to get them into the house so what did many of us do that day when we had, we woke to those icy, icy conditions? We grabbed a box of salt. And we went out and we began to sprinkle that salt on the driveway. We thought, well, I don't, I don't need mother-in-law 
Well, <laughs> never mind, but no, <laughs> we don't need mother-in-law slipping. Come on now. She might have to stay. But anyways, glory to God. All right. Did I say that out loud? I am so sorry. Um, did I get any amens at all for that? I don't know. All right. But, you know, we're, 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 somebody said preach, pastor, you're in trouble. All right, watch this. All right. But as I began to pour that salt out, a, watch this, a chemical reaction began to occur that changed the structure, the molecular structure of the ice and reliquified it, creating a safe place to walk. Now I noticed something after everyone got into the house as I went back toward the door. I noticed that not only did everyone arrive in safely, but the ice had turned to liquid, but that the salt had followed them into the house. You see, the salt had changed the atmosphere and then it had clung to them and followed them to the house, which I think it may be another sermon for, for where we are now, but I want to stop for just a moment and say now we had used the salt to change the atmosphere. But then we started eating. And what happened when somebody, probably before they even took a bite, said, do you have any salt? Now, what I was supposed to do was turn around and gather and grab one of these and hand it to them, right? Here you go. This is what they were expecting. Well, let's be humorous for just a moment. I actually had plenty of salt. It was everywhere. There was salt that I put down to keep mother-in-law safe. There was a big pile over here to keep her safe as she left. Come on now, amen. There was some over here. Oh, no, that's something the cat left. Sorry. All right. And I go back in, and all you needed was a little, do you have, say that with me. Do you have any? Sure, I've got some. Who, who was it needing salt? Nobody wants my salt? Nobody? I mean, I've got, I've got plenty. Right here. I mean, it, it, it works. Look at the driveway. It's pure salt, right? I mean, well, well, there's, no, that's not pure salt. It's got some grit. I'll give you that much. Watch this. No one wants the salt that's not pure. No one wants what's tainted with what I've walked through. No one wants what has the grime and the, oh, what is that of my life? Nobody wants that kind of salt. Everybody says, hey, I need a little salt. They're expecting me to give them something that's clean, that's new, that's fresh, that's pure. And the Word of God says, in order to return to the flavor of our faith, that we've got to have the qualities of salt in our life. And the number one quality of salt that you're saying is important to you today is, is it pure? Is it clean? Well, purity and cleanness will translate in faith terms to a word that we call holiness. Now, Pastor Don, this is Sunday number one. You're not supposed to deal with holiness on Sunday number one. No, there I can't think of a better place to start than what we've been walking through and we've been offering to God. 
We've been trying to meet each other's needs, but we're so full of the grit and the grime and the sin of this world. So what do I need? What do I need? Let me hurry here with this. Let me say, I need a standard of holiness. And if I need a standard of holiness, then I, then I, I, I can create one. And you know what happens when I create a standard of holiness? You know what they call that? A religion or a denomination. Because people argue over the different standards. That's not God's will. So I need a standard of holiness. And I can think the only place I can find the standard of holiness is to go to the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 30. Notice this. Here's what God says. Verse 22. Then the Lord said to Moses, God says, okay, Moses, here's the recipe. Here's the recipe for holiness. Now, I love how God gives a recipe. I struggle with people who say to me, I go to their house, I try something delicious, and I think, you know, I want to make this. And they say, well, Pastor Don, it's really simple to make. You take a pinch of this, a sprig of this, a a squeeze of this, and dash of that. Do I know how to make a recipe off of a sprinkle, a sprig, a dash? No, I need directions. Can I just stop for a minute and tell you what the Holy Spirit just dropped into my spirit? God's not leaving you with some random thoughts. He's giving you clarity. Listen to what he says. I want you to go out and collect the right spices, choice spices. Get the good stuff. I want you to have 12 and a half pounds. See, that's exact. 12 and a half pounds of pure myrrh. Six and a quarter pounds of fragrant cinnamon. Sorry. Every time I say the word cinnamon, I hear another word for some reason. Cinnamon rolls. I don't know why, but I can't even preach a sermon about cinnamon without cinnamon rolls. But get get six and a quarter pounds of fragrant cinnamon, not rolls. Six and a quarter pounds of fragrant calamus. And watch this, 12 and a half pounds of cassia, as as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel, and also get one gallon of olive oil. And notice this now, like a skilled, be careful, this is important. You've got to be careful about what you're mixing into your life. Like a skilled incense maker, blend these ingredients to make a holy anointing oil. Use this sacred oil to anoint the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, the table and all its utensils, the lampstands and all its accessories, the incense altar, the altar. I mean, stay with me now. This is worth it. The burnt offering and its utensils and the wash basins and its stands. Notice this. Consecrate them to make them absolutely, not kind of, not a little bit of grit, but let's make them all the way holy. And after this, whatever touches them will also become Holy. God said, here's the recipe. Here's what you need. Are you ready for this? You need this ingredient list. Here it is. Go get the right ingredients because unless you have the right ingredients, you're going, doesn't matter what the recipe is. You ever done that? Got the wrong ingredient and wondered why the recipe didn't turn out right? Get the right ingredients. Here we go. Myrrh, cinnamon, calamus, cassia, and olive oil. Now that's what you need to live a life of holiness. Now bef- listen to me very carefully. Very, very carefully. Before you go home and you create some kind of false doctrine and start smearing myrrh all over your forehead, walking around with cinnamon rolls in your hands like this. Come on now. <laughs> holy, 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 holy. 
Not what I'm teaching. Just give me the cinnamon rolls and listen to what I'm trying to tell you. All right, here we go. Each of these items has specific biblical significance. And when applied appropriately to our lives, we will find that they are producing something that is a type and shadow of what God wants to do. It's a revelation of the character of God into our lives. So we talked a few weeks ago about the importance of the gifts of the Magi, the the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh. Listen to me very, very carefully as we talk about myrrh. As we talked about that, we understand that that was important because the myrrh was always used in preparing a body for death. And when they presented to Jesus as a child the the gift of myrrh, they were using a prophetic nature, whether they knew it or not. Some things come into your life prophetically, whether you know it or not. Watch this, as they were declaring his death. But we also find it several other places. Probably one of the most significant is where we find myrrh used in the life of preparation to meet the king of Esther. For six months, she would apply myrrh to her body, preparing her body to meet the king. Let me give you a side note. Let me interject. We need to start applying the qualities of myrrh to our lives as we prepare to meet the king. Because here's the greatest quality of myrrh, the verse that describes it best. John 15, 13. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You see, the quality of myrrh that says... I will do what is right for you even when it may not make me the winner. I will do what is right for you even when I don't win the argument. I will do what is right. There are a whole lot of lives that have been ruined because somebody said, I'm not happy, I don't feel fulfilled, and they go out and they pursue paths looking for their own happiness and their own fulfillment. Don't leave me alone out here. They're trying to do what makes them feel better, but that's not what makes us holy. Holiness says, I do what is best for others in my life. I honor God because watch this, we step toward holiness when we have stopped pursuing what makes us happy or fulfilled and we start finding happiness and fulfillment in serving others. Now, God is in this next ingredient. The literal translation of cinnamon means upright rolls. (laughs) The Lord's trying to speak to somebody's heart today. Come on, amen. Upright rolls. Now, if we could forget my silliness for just a moment and notice the first part of that, upright. That a life that is holy, that is pure, that has the quality of salt, Listen to me carefully. Does what is right even when it's not easy. Even when you have to bite your tongue to do what is right, you do what is right. Even when it costs you something, you do what is right. You are people of your word. You are people of integrity. And you live above reproach so that reproach may not be brought upon the cross of Jesus Christ. Pastor Don, this is not Sunday morning sermon. This is Wednesday night sermon. That's why we don't come on Wednesday nights. No, 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 listen to me. 
God's speaking to us. Because some of us need to understand that cinnamon puts off a beautiful smell. A smell that can overpower the stench of the world that's been clinging to us since we left Egypt. Calamus. Calamus is important. The literal translation of calamus means read. Anywhere in Scripture you, you see Egypt described, it is always described as the reed. Egypt is always described as the reed. And when Egypt, is, the reed, is described in relation to the believers, it's always described as the bondage of sin. So it is a reed that has something to, that resembles the bondage of sin. This is important. This is very important. Listen to me. The reed has within it a soft substance that when crushed, releases a beautiful spice called calamus. But that spice can never be released as long as there's a hard heart that has it encased. This is important. If somebody in your life told you to tough it up, push through, they were not right. What you should have done is cast your cares upon the Lord, for He cares for you. Instead of taking your heart and allowing it to become toughened by this world, He says, I will take the heart of stone and turn it into a heart of flesh again. Somebody said, but Pastor Don, if I open my heart, I might get hurt. If you don't open your heart, you hurt yourself. We need this. We need to understand that a life of holiness realizes that every battle is breaking the hardened outer shell from our lives to release the better from inside. Can I just tell you, there's something good inside of you. Let me go, you don't know what's in my heart, Pastor. No, 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 I'm talking beyond your sin. I'm talking about your destiny that God has put inside of you. This next one I'm going to give you is one of the most important things I'm going to say to you today. It's Cassia. Cassia in the Hebrew is literally translated to bow down the head. To bow the head in prayer. God says if you want to make something holy, you're going to have a prayer life because without a prayer life, you'll never have a holy life. Let me just say that again if you're making notes. Without a prayer life, you'll never have a holy life. But if you miss everything else I say today, I want you to listen to the statement I'm about to make to you. I want you to get this. I want you, if you're not taking notes, make me think you are. I want you to get this. What you can't pray about, your heart's not right about. Let me say that again. What you can't pray about, your heart is not right about. When in your life, and I feel the Holy Spirit, when it comes time to start dealing with something, if you start thinking about it, if all you, if all you do is start getting angrier and angrier and angrier when you're trying to pray about something, then it shows me your heart's not yet right about it because that's how it is with me too. If I get overwhelmed by that issue, my heart's not yet trusting in God right about it. If I can't pray about it because I don't trust the people in the room with me, I'm definitely not carrying the qualities of salt because I'm afraid to bow my head because they might stab me in the back. I'm talking to somebody today. If you can't pray about it, your heart's not right about it. Somebody said, Pastor Don, but I don't even really know how to pray about it. Can I tell you the way I pray about it? 
Help me, God. I don't know how to win in this way, but would you help me? God, I want to lash out, but I need you to love through me. God, I want to crush, but instead you're crushing me. But here's the one that I pray the most. I steal the words of Scripture and I say, would you help my unbelief? Because without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Finally, he said, let me give you the olive oil. How many of you know that the Holy Spirit's wanting just to bring all this into fruition in your life? Pastor Don, you're supposed to be yelling and screaming. Yes, I know. Somebody was with me in Israel one day and they said to me, they said, where's the, where's the yelling and screaming? I said, excuse me? They said, we listen to you on the radio. You're the guy that yells and screams. I said, well, sorry. They said, we paid to come all the way to Israel to hear, hear you yell and scream. I said, well, go find some lost people. Come on now. Amen. But this because I'm teaching you doesn't mean I'm not speaking the divine word of God to you. And here's what I want you to realize about the olive oil. Is that when an olive is formed on the tree and it looks perfect and it's perfectly ripe, it only has basically one, one thing it can satisfy at that point. Are you ready for this? It can be taken and can be consumed. It becomes simply a berry, a fruit that you consume. But if you take that olive off of that tree, apply it into the press and deform it, and squeeze it, and allow what's within it to come out, its potential becomes almost unlimitless. He says, listen, if you want to grow in holiness, you're going to have to understand you're not going to look like anything later like you look now. I'm going to change who you are. Because, watch this, the anointing oil always has this future future presence to it. That God says, I'm going to make you something special. Now, He wants to take all of this and blend it together. So if I'm trying to become the qualities of salt, and God's trying to speak through my life, then I want you to think about this today. What I've told you today is that there's some things that you're going to have to change. The way that you react to others. You're going to have to change in the way that you uh, uh, are living your life uh, for yourself or for, for God and for others. You're going to have to do what's right even when you don't want to do what's right. You're going to have to let God break the hard heart and heal you from the inside out. You're going to have to learn to pray and then you're going to have to say, God, take me and do what you want with me because I need everything to change. Let me ask you a question. This salt represents pure salt. This salt represents tainted salt. We wanted the pure salt. But this is just as much salt. But this we're not willing to receive into our lives because it's tainted. I'm about to give you the truth. Now in the first service, I, I didn't give them this point I'm about to give you the way I'm giving it to you, but I actually held these up like this and said, I feel like somebody... I feel like somebody other than myself today and some joker hollered out, Mr. Clean. No, I actually feel like this guy from the Bible that says he never spoke without an illustration. 
His name is Jesus. Because some of you need to understand what I've come to tell you today. The Bible says in the remainder of the verse that we've not settled yet, it says this, consecrate them to make them what? Absolutely holy. And after this, well, back up there, that means you're not living the way that dirties your life. You're keeping yourself consecrated to God and pure. We would have never taken what was to be served to others and cast it upon the dirty ground. Why do we take a pure life and cast it on the dirty ground? Listen to this. After this, after you began to live in holiness, notice this, whatever touches them will also become holy. Can I just tell you, if you're afraid for generational curses to run through your family, I just told you how to break them. You make yourself holy in those areas. I am not sixth generation drunk Native American. I am second generation Holy Ghost filled child of the Most High God. Because my parents made a decision to consecrate themselves before the Lord and to stay away from the things that had destroyed their family. Am I making sense to anybody today? Your decision. This won't make them holy. This will chemically change the environment. And it can take an icy heart and melt it tender and soft again. Stand with me today. How simple. Now, over the next few weeks, we're going to be learning about different qualities of salt. I, I, I was like, okay, God, why are you giving me this? Next Sunday sermon, I've had the foundation for for eight months. I'm like, Lord, what does that have to do with anything? Because we'll never be what the world needs that will cause the world to know who he is if we don't have the qualities of salt and live in peace among ourselves. You're not at peace if you can't pray about it. You're not at peace if you can't do what is right. You're not at peace if you're not thinking of others' needs above your own. Somebody said, Pastor Don, I'm tired of pouring out. Well, let me warn you, when you stop pouring out, most often he starts pouring through. He wants us to become like Paul poured out. He said, I am poured out drink offering. I keep pouring because he keeps pouring in. I keep pouring. God wants to change your life this year. And he cannot or will not do it from a dirty place. So what my call is to those watching, to those listening, to those present, is would you consecrate yourself today? Just bow your heads all over this if I were to talk about the things that make your life not carry the quality of salt, what would I be talking about? What would I be referencing? What would I be dealing with? 
If I were dealing with whatever that is, what is it in your life? What is that struggle? What is that problem? With nobody looking around and everyone praying. If you're, if you're watching, take a moment and pray right there where you are. If you're driving and listening, just focus on what you're doing. But at the same time, let God speak directly to your heart. Oh, what God is saying to us. That He's hungry for a people who can so change an atmosphere because their lives are pure that, that we too might declare the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the, they, that the oppressed will be set free in the time of the Lord. Now listen to me. I'm going to change this for a moment, but the Lord's flavor. Because if you have His favor, you will always have His flavor. Has come. That I have become a quality of salt. Without anybody moving, with everybody praying in this room right now, I want to ask you a simple question. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, there's some areas of my life that I'm not holy in, and I want to repent of those areas right now. I want to see your hand. I want you to go up. Hands were going up so fast I didn't even finish. My goodness, Lord, make us holy. Make us holy. Lord, make us holy. Deform us if necessary, God. Break the hardness of our hearts and let what is tender inside come out. Lord, take and change those things that smell like the world and make us smell like the, the, the rightness of God. And Father, I thank you that we will point toward what is better. Not who we are, not our bitterness, but what is better. For great is our God. Mighty is our King. And Lord, you see every hand that has said there's something unholy in my life. I thank you, Lord, that as they've made this declaration that your grace begins to attack that area. Lord, I speak grace, grace, grace unto it. Lord, I'm not asking you, Lord, for something that, that, that's weak. I'm asking you for the things that, that the kingdom of heaven suffers violent and the violent take it by force. I'm asking you, God, that every area, that every stronghold will fall under authority of the name of Jesus Christ and the presence of the Holy Spirit will move that whatever we encounter will be changed by the glory of God that manifests in a church who seeks his face in the mighty name of Jesus Christ every head bowed every eye closed the service is almost a thing of the past every hand down for just a moment I want to ask you a question I didn't embarrass anybody else that had their hand up I'm not going to embarrass you but if this is your day this is the Sunday you say you know what I'm going to start this year right I've not been serving Jesus with my life I'm either backslid or I need to give my life to Jesus Christ today I want to make him Lord of my life if today is the day this is the moment this is the time I want to pray with you right where you are if you're online just acknowledge that online our online pastor will speak to you minister to you there but if that's you right here I want to see that hand hold it up high Today's the day that you want to surrender your life completely to Jesus. Hands going up all around this room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you that these hands that are lifted have a foundation of faith in you. But Lord, I thank you for what you're about to do.
as we make a simple confession that everything changes today. Lord, in faith, something's going to happen in, in the physical that affects the spiritual and something in the spiritual that's going to change the physical because it's going to be eternal in Jesus' name. Want everybody in this place, everybody listening and everybody watching to lift their voices with me now as we pray. Pray this prayer now with these. Jesus, you see my failures. You see my future. You see my life. I'm not perfect. I give it to you in the state it's in. Believing that you receive it. And now by grace that you forgive me and you give me a new beginning. In Jesus' name, I declare I am born again. In Jesus' name, I will never be the same again. And Father, now I declare over all of these that heaven is their home, God is their Father, and Jesus is their Savior. But for these that have recommitted their lives wholly to you today, Father, I thank you that a new day has begun and they will never be the same. In Jesus' mighty name. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.